This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. You are listening to Manawatu People's Radio Kiara Whanau. Welcome to Calling All Workers, the weekly radio show from Unions Manawatu. I'm John Shannon. You can contact us on Facebook at Union Central or by email at rebelshot, that's R-E-B-E-L-S-H-O-T, at connect, K-I-N-E-C-T, dot co, dot N-Z. Calling All Workers, the purpose of the show is to raise the profile of unions, advertise union events, present stories and issues of interest to workers, and to build community support for union campaigns and activities. Well, today I'm delighted to have with me our very own well-beloved local MP, Tangi Utakiri, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat. We planned this show as an end-of-year wrap and a prelude to election year. We always knew politics is eventful, but didn't realise how eventful as we have seen play out over the last couple of weeks. It must be something of a roller coaster ride at the centre of the political world, Tangi. Yeah, uh, kia ora, kia orana, John. Uh, great to be here on Calling All Workers and uh, good to see you again. I hope that everyone has had a great chance to have a bit of a break over the Christmas but, uh, period. But yes, you're right. The last couple of weeks has been something of a roller coaster. Um, I was up in Napier in Hawke's Bay with the rest of uh, my caucus uh, just a matter of a couple of weeks ago when um, Jacinda Ardern uh, made the announcement that she was stepping down as leader of the Labour Party but also as Prime Minister. And it was fair to say that uh, there pretty much was not a dry eye um, amongst the team, but also that it came as a, a huge surprise. But uh, since that announcement has been made uh, and Jacinda has given some um, understanding as to you know the fact that she has not enough in the tank to run into this election, um, we don't begrudge her of making that decision. Uh, but it has, you're right, it has been a roller coaster of um, of emotions for everyone. But at the end of the day, I'm just really pleased for my friend Jacinda in that she has made a decision that she believes is right for her and her whanau and actually right for the Labour team. Jacinda's legacy, being leader and PM of a party that for the first time ever received over 50% of the party vote is quite remarkable. But what are your thoughts on her legacy? For me, um, she has been someone over the last five and a half years who has been dealt a number of... Uh, hard blows in terms of crises and things that she has had to deal with. I think she has uh, redefined what leadership is, not just in New Zealand, but on the global stage, because she has uh, shown that in order to be a leader, you don't have to be brash, you don't need to be harsh. You need, you need to be someone who is not afraid to show compassion, someone who is not afraid to be empathetic. Uh, and as she puts it, someone who's not afraid to be kind. And, you know, over the last five and a half years, being able to witness that uh, as a colleague in the caucus, 
but also actually before joining the caucus, as you know, uh, being a member of our community, I think uh, being able to see that uh, in the style of leadership is something that will endure for many, many years to come. And uh, Chris Hipkins seems to me to be an achiever from a let's do it to let's get it done type uh, approach to things. Spot on. Uh, you know, he's affectionately known as Chippy um, around the traps. And uh, I guess that can go to his nature, but also his handyman sort of attitude to DIY. But uh, the new Prime Minister is someone who has proven his own leadership uh, as a Minister of Education. When I think about the changes that have uh, been put in place for our local community here, John, it's things like uh, you know getting rid of school fee contributions and donations, uh, increase in funding to schools around our community, some of which got $400,000 to just deal with some of those projects that had been on the books for quite some time. Uh, being the minister who led us through uh, with the Prime Minister and um, Sir Ashley Bloomfield COVID, um, he is someone who is going to get things done and he's been very clear over the last week uh, since he's taken over the role of Prime Minister that his expectation is that his ministers and the team take a ruler to all of the government's projects uh, and policies and uh, take stock of where we're at and we want to head to. And uh, Carmel Cipollone, we can't uh, uh, not mention here, the, it's from the Pacific community, this must be a source of pride for you. It certainly is. Uh, the Pacific Caucus is 11 strong. I say to people that the New Zealand Parliament has 12 MPs who identify uh, of being of Pacific heritage. 11 of those 12 come from the New Zealand Labour Party. And as a caucus, we've had an opportunity over the last couple of weeks to come together. Uh, again, it's an opportunity where tears were shed because... Carmel's extension to the role or the office of Deputy Prime Minister is historic. It has never happened in this country's history. And so when she was sworn in at Government House, I was really honoured to be one of the invited guests to go along to witness that and also the swearing in of, of the new Prime Minister. Uh, but one thing I would say is that Carmel has is, is also proven her leadership. She's someone who's had some really uh, difficult portfolios, but she has led them and has led change when we think of social development and employment, uh, but also in terms of ACC and, and some other roles. She chose as part of her swearing in to, to wear uh, attire that the rest of the Pacific Caucus also wore. Uh, and so when I went to Government House, I wore that particular uh, piece of Pacific attire, it was only the second time that we had worn that. The first time was when uh, the government made its Dawn Raids apology. So we collectively and Carmel wanted to acknowledge that this was a significant occasion for our country's history, but also for our Pacifica communities, and we're very proud of her. Indeed, and uh, I'm sure she will be a source of great pride to the Pacifica community for a long time to, to come. Tangi, we look back on 2022, not maybe one of the best years in the nation's history, but nonetheless, tell us about your year. Yeah, 2022 was um, an interesting year for all of us. Uh, it was one where, you know, for me, I was able to continue to um, consolidate my work here as a local MP for Labour, but also for Palmerston North. Um, had a couple of bills that were successful through the Parliament. One 
uh, is a local bill to do to deal with the Huia Street Reserve here and, and potentially looking at changing that or converting that into housing if the council chooses to do that. Um, the other is I was the first of the Labour class of 2020 to have a member's bill uh, successfully passed through the Parliament, which is uh, now in law. And that's the Local Government Pecuniary Interest Register Amendment Bill, which is a pretty long uh, title, John. But in essence, what it does is it adds transparency to local government. Uh, as MPs, we are required every year to submit a register that has all of our directorships, if we have them, any shares, any property that we own, any gifts we've received, any employment that we have. And so it's really transparent. And what I learnt when I entered Parliament is that that same transparency does not uh, lend itself to the local government sector. And so my members' bill sought to do that uh, and was passed by the Parliament. So I'm really um, pleased and, and delighted that that's uh, happened as part of 2022. Uh, for me, I took on chairing the uh, Parliament's Health Committee, so looking at the COVID response, looking at the transition to the new Te Whatu Order Health New Zealand and the Māori Health Authority. Uh, and I took on the role and responsibility of being Government Junior Whip. So it's been a busy year for all of us, uh, and for me it's continued to be a year of, of learning and progress, but also de- delivering on many of the promises that we made. I think of um, delivering on fair pay agreements, for example, so, so important uh, to workers up and down this country, and to be part of um, the government and casting the 64 votes in favour in the House as the junior whip was something pretty special as well. And... 2023, obviously the election looms large, but are there other issues for the year that uh, you've got on your agenda? It's going to be another busy year, and one of the things that I uh, have been a huge advocate for is in making myself visible and available to um, to constituents. From time to time we won't share the same views, but an opportunity, whether it's in person or via email, to be able to share them with me is important. So for me it will be about continuing to engage with the community, continuing to have a presence at the Saturday Albert Street Markets, continuing to have – I've had these things called palmy pop-ups – uh, and I, I started them as soon as I entered Parliament, and I've continued to run them because they actually are really popular. Uh, many people would call them a clinic, a constituency clinic, but it's where people can make a time to come and see their local MP, and uh, where I do them is out in the community. So I get out into community halls, into libraries, into churches, into other spaces, uh, all around the city every three weeks and people can come and engage with with me as their local MP. So I'll continue to do that, and I've asked the team to, to up the ante on those for this year. The uh, year two, the, you read in the media there's predictions of a global economic uh, slowdown. People are talking about recession and so on. Um, it's obviously worrying for New Zealanders. Grant Robertson, though, seems to be managing uh, well at the present, supporting families and businesses with this. Uh, economic policies. Absolutely. Grant is the right man uh, in the role of Minister of Finance and the new Prime Minister made a decision early on in that Grant was going to continue to be the Minister of Finance. That's because his leadership is proven. It's sound. It has meant that uh, businesses, that workers, families all around, the New, all around New Zealand, including here in Palmerston North, have made it through some difficult times. Yes, 
inflation. The most recent uh, figures out from Stats New Zealand have that still at 7.2%. Uh, globally, elsewhere in the world, it is continuing to rise. So Grant is a fantastic leader in the finance space, and that's why our new Prime Minister has continued to, to keep him in that role. Um, he has a job to do in terms of preparing and delivering the budget. That will happen in May, but Grant has proven that he is the right person to be leading us in that space at this time. I know it's uh, too early for the campaign to have been uh, mapped out and so on, but uh, I wonder if you could talk a bit about the key messages as you see them for the, going into the election. Yeah, very happy to. And, of course, uh, our leader, Chris Hipkins, has said that going into this election campaign uh, and into election day, that there will be no doubt in uh, New Zealanders' minds around what our policies are on a number of different fronts. And so... In due course, they will be announced. But we are a party that is not afraid to articulate and share with the electorate and the community exactly where we stand uh, on things and, and what it is that we are going to do. For me, uh, locally, it's going to be about campaigning on my track record. Um, I have been in public office for oh, 12, 13 years or thereabouts, uh, if not more. And I have always, in all of my election campaigns, campaigned on my track record. I will continue to do that this year. I will continue to go to the electorate to uh, support the policies of the New Zealand Labour uh, Party, but also to stand on the record of delivery that this government has given for Palmerston North. When I think about our strength in logistics and distribution, but also the public sector is a key part uh, of, of our local economy here, we have supported... Uh, workers, we have supported businesses and our wider community through difficult times. And so I'm proud of the fact that, uh, you know, we've delivered in health, in terms of Health New Zealand. I don't know if you know, but some people may also not be aware that we have uh, the second worst uh, record in terms of being able to access a GP, a, a, a GP and, and health system, primary health. And so the changes that this government have announced uh, in terms of Health New Zealand um, it's my hope and my expectation that, that that would change that. And so I'm not afraid to go to the electorate on the policies that we've put in place to make a real difference for hardworking Kiwis and New Zealanders. I know there will be listeners who are enthused by what Labour has achieved in the term of office and might want to join the Labour Party. How would people go about that? That's, we welcome those that want to support and join the New Zealand Labour Party. The easiest way that you can go about that is by going online, uh, www.labour.org.nz, and there is a, uh, a join now, uh, easy, uh, step process that members or people who become members can go through. Um, and for those that are unwaged, it's, was $6.60 in order to do that. For those that are waged, it's just slightly more. There is a family uh, membership option as well. Um, alternatively, they can reach out to me on Facebook or social media. Uh, if you like my Facebook page, it's an easy one to like. It's Tangiutakiri, uh, or just drop us a line. But we've got a really strong local Labour team here uh, that are rallying behind me as the local candidate. I can confirm that I have been confirmed as the Labour Party candidate for Palmerston North Excellent. in this year's election and uh, we have a team geared up and ready to go as well. And indeed in the media recent times we've read about National getting enormous donations from rich people. Could uh, local people here in Palmerston North support your campaign and the Labour Party through donations if they don't want to join the party per se? 
Absolutely. That's an easy way for some who feel as though that they would like to support uh, our local Labour campaign here in Palmerston North, but they perhaps don't want to take the step of becoming a member and, and joining up. And we have a number of people, for whatever reason, who make that decision. We welcome donations. Uh, the rules have, have changed in recent times in terms of donations to uh, electoral campaigns. So the limit is $1,500. That's a lot of money, but if there are people who are out there that want to donate, then you can do uh, that. Uh, but look, we welcome donations, and again, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to the local Labour Party um, to, to do that. That is a, a really practical way to support campaigns. Campaigns cost a lot of money. Other parties like National just click their fingers and people can can donate. The core level of support that we get from our membership, um, you know, people don't have deep pockets where they can just put their hand in the back of the pocket and come out with 15, 20 grand. Uh, we value the support from our local membership and even those that perhaps don't want to contribute financially uh, but do want to deliver a leaflet, do want to go out and maybe have a, a hoarding on their fence or something like that, we welcome, we welcome, we welcome um, those offers of support because it does make a huge difference in this campaign. The other important thing I believe for election year is to get on the roll. Uh, how do people do this? And a special mention maybe for the young folk who have turned 18 over the last few years. It's a really important way in which people can participate in the democratic process. And, you know, you could say, well, it's a legal requirement as soon as you turn 18 that you must be enrolled to vote. And that's correct. Those who are 18, it is a legal requirement under New Zealand law to register to vote. Whether you choose to vote or not is a matter for you, and I certainly encourage people to vote. You can go online to um, elections.govt.nz, but I'm certainly expecting in the lead-up to this election campaign and election day in October that the Electoral Commission, and you'll see them because they uh, have everything in orange, which is a nice neutral colour, will be out uh, enrolling people. So when we have things like uh, Fest for Cultures Day and all of those sorts of things, we'll see the Electoral Commission and their volunteers out helping people to vote. It's an easy process. You can either do it by filling in a form and then popping it into a post box, which is free post, or you can do it online. And it doesn't take long. All it needs is your details, your address, your date of birth, and that's pretty much it. Um, and it means that you're able to, to vote on election day. Those who are uh, 17, they have a provisional role, so you can basically enrol when you're 17, and that means that as soon as you turn 18, it's automatic. You become uh, a member on, on the electoral roll and it's published. So please, 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 whānau, uh, those out there, it's really important that you are registered to vote because come October when election day comes around, it just makes it so much easier for you to support the Labour Party and all of the hard work all of the achievements, all of the wins that we've had for hard-working workers and families out there in our community. Um, the other thing maybe I'd like to touch on is the role of social media, which is becoming quite uh, a prominent career in the media generally, but amongst people, some of that's negative, you know, what's been seen with regard to Jacinda. But um, there are these trolls out there that are working away to try and undermine the electoral process and uh, and misinformation is rife. Have you any comments about how to stay safe from, from that? It's unfortunate that we have these trolls and lowlifes that are out there who are making it difficult. I, I don't have an issue with people who have different uh, perspectives 
to others. But when you uh, start making things personal and you you cr- create hate and incite violence and all those sorts of things, it's not on. Um, I do have a social media platform, which is largely through Facebook. Um, I manage uh, that. And so for me, that's about getting my um, messaging and what I'm doing out uh, on social media. So those who make some comments and, and use it as a platform for their own purpose, I just simply delete. Um, you know, I, I'm not there for two-way conversations about stuff where we're not going to make any difference and we're not going to agree. Um, so for me, it's about making sure that people are safe. Uh, it's okay to disagree with people, but we can all do that in a respectful and diligent way. And so I have no hesitation in blocking, deleting, banning, getting rid of low lifes who um, you know don't want to play by those rules. Right. Well, on a positive note, one of the key achievements of the government in recent times has been fair pay agreements. They're currently the legislation now passed. They're currently rolling out in a number of industries, being negotiated. Um, it's going to have a significant sea change for workers' incomes and their families' living standards. Yeah, well, and we've heard from Minister Michael Wood, who has led out this process, that there will no longer be a race to the bottom. And that essentially is what this new piece of legislation will prevent. Well, actually, it'll make it illegal because it will ensure that there is not a competitive nature in terms of um, people undercutting. Uh, well, actually, the people that are going to be undercut are the workers, right? Yeah. And they're the ones that are going to be sacrificed in order for profits and for um, gains in other areas. And so this is a huge win, uh, not just for the New Zealand Labour Party, but for hard workers and industries all around Aotearoa New Zealand. John, when this law was passed in the Parliament, I made sure that I was sitting there in the House and we had a huge turnout for uh, unions in New Zealand. They packed out the public gallery. Uh, whenever there was a contribution from the National Party, they were po-poed and boo-booed. And there's no problem uh, with that from my perspective. Whenever there was a contribution from Labour members talking about what difference this would make to hard-working New Zealanders and their families, there were cheers. Um, the Speaker at the time uh, sort of told everyone that she would have to clear the, the public gallery, National Speaker, would have to clear the public gallery if this uh, behaviour continued. Now, you know, that's unfortunate, but to be there when this uh, fair pay agreement legislation was passed is something that I will always remember. And being able, as I said before, to cast the government's 64 votes, to stand up and say 64 votes in favour, uh, which I did do, is something that I'm immensely proud of as well. Indeed, I think uh, you know unions applaud the, the government stand here. It's trying desperately to turn around that uh, legacy of the Employment Contract Act, National's disastrous uh, industrial relations policy of the 1990s. Absolutely disastrous. And, you know, what I want to say to all those who are involved in unions who are listening is that if National get back in, this will face the chop. 
you know, they are not in support of fair tra- of, of, of uh, fair pay agreements. And so it's really important that we get in behind and support our Labour candidates and that we get in, get in behind and support a Labour government being re-elected in October because this will make a huge difference. And National have made it very clear that one of the first things that they will reverse are fair pay agreements. So there is a lot on the line. We need to get in behind and support unions. Union members uh, need to ensure that this is something that will continue in legislation. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting in behind and supporting our Labour candidates. I believe it's important too to stress that this is not some radical left-wing agenda item that uh, is going to bring the economy to rack and ruin. Fair pay agreements called awards over in Australia, are commonplace throughout the world. Indeed, in economies where the uh, working people are getting a fairer crack of the uh, economic pie, um, fair, uh, you know, these sorts of national award type stu- structures are keystone to that ability to, to, to protect workers. You've, you've hit it on the head there, John. It's about protecting workers because the alternative is actually at the expense of workers and ensuring that workers who just want to make a decent wage for them and their families who get up in many instances at the crack of dawn, if not before, and go to work, uh, that they are not the sacrificial lamb when it comes to what the National Party want to achieve. And so, yes, it is commonplace in other parts of the world. A lot of the scaremongering that National and business owners and others, not all, but some, have made is about, you know, this is a socialist government, it's a communist government. What we're talking about here are fair pay agreements that will make a huge difference. They are the right thing to do, but let's make no mistake National will reverse fair pay agreements if they are re-elected. They cannot be re-elected and we must unite, unite, unite to ensure that come October they are not and that a Labour-led government is returned to power. Okay, well with that fighting talk we'll come to an end uh, of the show there, Tangi, and uh, congratulations on a successful year for you in 2022 and I know it's going to be equally successful for you in 2023. Thanks very much, Tony. Thank you, John. It's going to be a cracker of a year. Um, Looking forward to the support and looking forward to the ongoing conversations that you, I and the unions movement have here in Manawatu. Kia ora koutou. Okay, whanau. Thanks for for, uh, your attention there. We'll go out with the Labour Party's theme song, The Red Flag. A lot of people think it is a communist song, but it's not so. Their song is the Internationale. The red flag is sung by Billy Bragg. The people's flag is deepest red, it shrouded off the martyred dead. And ere the limbs grew stiff and cold, their hearts blood died in every fold. Then raised the scarlet standard high, beneath its folds we'll live and die. Though cowards flinch and traitor sneer, we'll keep the red flag flying here. One all hands in darkest night It witnessed many a deed and vow We mustn't change its colour now Raise the scarlet standard high Beneath its folds we'll live and die Don't cowards flinch and traitor sneer We'll keep the red flag flying here 
It well recalls the triumphs past It gives the hope of peace at last The banner bright, the symbol plain Of human right and human gain Praise the scarlet standard high Beneath its folds we'll never die Though cowards flinch and traitors sneer We'll keep the red flag flying enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.npr.nz forward slash donate.